This is Henry Bonsu on Times Radio. Love to hear what you have to say about that. Um, block Vicha. Or indeed, do you mute people instead of blocking them? Uh, let's cross at 11.25 to Latin America now, where the nation of Ecuador, just days away from a presidential election, continues to be struck by political turmoil. A local party leader has been killed there, the second political assassination in just over a week, and the wife of a slain presidential candidate has condemned the candidate's running mate for taking his place. So where does this leave the race and the political climate in the country? Let's speak to Latin America correspondent John Bonfilio. Hello again, John. Hi, Henry. Now, for for those who've not been following this very closely, can, can you remind us why this Sunday's election race has garnered such huge attention, not just in Latin America, but way beyond. Yeah, I think because this this assassination 10 days ago, uh, as you say, Henry, um, has uh, cast the eyes of the world onto Ecuador because of the political violence, but also because it's become one of the center points, the international global center points for trafficking of drugs out of Colombia and out of Peru, and in particular, uh, cocaine. Um, and uh, Ecuador, historically one of the safest countries in Latin America, has been overrun by gangs, cartels, uh, organized crime in the last years, to the extent, uh, as we said last week on your show, Henry, murder rate has quadrupled in that time. It is very much uh, captured the international eye because it is the, the, seems to be presenting the worst-case scenario of what can happen when a state uh, implodes, and it continues to read like a thriller. Uh, in the course of the last week, twist after twist after twist, as you said, that Fernando Villavicencio's uh, widow came out on Saturday condemning the fact that his vice presidential candidate was going to take his place. Uh, Veronica Saraus came out, it directly blamed the state. And what really surreal, because she came out in this sort of stormtrooper helmet, obviously, uh, you know, to protect her, uh, bulletproof vests uh, all over her, surrounded by. Um, uh, by military and police and so on, and condemned, directly blamed the Ecuadorian state for his death. Uh, the party, the Evicentius party, immediately changed tack and then chose a different running mate, Christian Surita, who is now the, uh, the, the de facto candidate. But this continued to be controversial during the week because there's been this whole ridiculous debate in Ecuador about whether, given the situation last week, we are currently experiencing an ordinary election or an extraordinary election, and Ecuador's electoral commission was refusing to validate his candidacy based on, on, on that particular fact. Finally, yesterday, only three days out from the election, they have said that he can uh, run. But of course, by this stage of the equation, you know, uh, Fernando Villavicencio's name is on all of the ballots which have been distributed and what seems very likely to happen. And if he's not directly elected, uh, certainly one of the candidates going into the second round of Ecuador's presidential election will be a dead man. Wow. Uh, that's happened before in the States, although it wasn't as a result of an assassination. It was uh, natural causes uh, quite some years ago. Uh, John, I've seen pictures of near-naked prisoners, uh, I think alleged gang members being moved around the prison system in response to this assassination, the political violence. But what do politicians think they're achieving by doing this? Yeah, this is, you're referring to on Monday, continuing the highly volatile situation, this individual, Fito, the most dangerous criminal in Ecuador, head of Los Choneros uh, gang, local affiliate to Mexico's Sinaloa cartel, was moved, moved from a normal prison to a high security prison by, get this, thousands of troops. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. Thousands of troops moved him. I mean, what, quite how he was in a normal prison in the first place kind of almost speaks to what Villavicencio was accusing the state of, because clearly it was a political 
uh, agreement. Immediately, prisoners revolted and demanded his return. But it's it's uh, it's an attempt to ameliorate ameliorate the, the situation, but it's achieving nothing very much at all. It's it's a kind of an attempt by the state, by the outgoing administration, to say, no, look, you know, we can do something. We have a handle on the situation, but you know, nobody is fooled by this. And, and John, just a couple of days out from the presidential election, what do the polls tell us? Who's the front runner? Well, the polls tell us that the front runner, by some distance now, is, as I say, Fernando Villasencio, a, a dead man. So unless something really strange happens, I mean, polling companies in Ecuador perhaps are not, you know, the most uh, uh, developed organisations, but and also we are polling, you know, in a very high-risk, uh, threatening environment. So we have to take the existing polls with a pinch of salt. But it definitely seems as though uh, going through to the second round in October, uh, Fernando Villavicencio and his running mate, um, well, not his running mate, his replacement, Christian Zurita, also a campaigning journalist, will be on that ballot for the runoff in October. So this will continue to be a really high-profile story, both locally and internationally. And we'll keep in touch with you on that. Bringing us the latest, John Bonfilio, Latin America correspondent. This is Henry Bonsu on Times Radio.